I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, you buy any toys this week? I did. I got that uh, Hoth Escape Leia, the Black Series figure. That last time I looked on it, I talked about this. It jumped up to like $30 and then back down, and I snuck in at one of the $20 windows and got it at retail price. You're going to have to refresh my memory because I don't remember. Oh, right before we recorded last time, I was on Amazon. I kept putting in my cart at 20 It kept disappearing. It kept disappearing. Finally, I just refreshed Amazon, and it was back up to like $40, $50, whatever stupid gray market price it was at. So a few days later, I checked again just from my phone, and it was down to 20 So despite, you know... And this is just like a regular 6-inch Black Series Leia? Just a regular 6-inch Black Series Leia, the new Hoth one, which I really only need to go with my Hoth Han that I got at Comic-Con in my mind. Didn't I see some sort of set with the two of them? If you did, I'm unaware of it. I don't, you know what I did see? Uh, at Target the other day, I saw, and oh, man, I meant to call you. I'm sorry that I didn't. Uh, but a little payback for not picking up the wrestling figures in Chicago. Uh, I saw the six-inch Black Series Lando and the Skiff Guard at the Target at Empire Center. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if you need that one or not. But. I don't need anything, but I do want it. Okay. I'll keep an eye open for it going forward. Great. I, know. I bought the Wayne's World Pop vinyls this week. Oh, Really? Um, you who just have nothing to do with those little black-eyed zombie boys. Yeah, I don't like them, but I'm a sucker that's like a, a license that's not made in other forms. And right. there are no Wayne's World figures currently. There were some uh, nine-inch PVCs that were made by either Applause or Hamilton uh, for the 15th anniversary of SNL back in, I think that was 94, 95, somewhere around there. You just pulled out more information uh, than I could have somewhere around there. told anyone about but those But I think toys. those were the last Wayne's World figures. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. So much like I picked up the Little Shop of Horrors pops as well. The thing is, every time I buy these pops, I wish that it was like a NECA figure. I wish there was NECA Wayne's World figures. I wish there was a NECA Audrey too. But I'm settling for the pops. Yeah, I get that. You take kind of the best of what you can and sit and wish. Speaking of sitting and wishing, I sat and wished for a guest this week, and we got him. It is Mark and Draco. <laughs> oh, now I can make noise. Ugh. You're the right. You're the Ryan Seacrest of toy podcast segues. Wow, some sort of segue. I was just gonna say wow. who's our guest today, but how boring would that have been? Who's Woo. our guest today? Wow. Uh, Mark is a spectacular writer of comics such as Manhunter, Wonder Woman 77, uh, Supergirl, and he is also the man behind the award-winning, Eisner award-winning, Love is Love charity comic. So, Mark, you mentioned using toys as inspiration for writing mm -hmm. and for art. Can you think of any times where you were stuck and, like, what using the toy helped? Was it either just, like, fidgeting with it, it was, or was it, it really, like, what can this character do? Oh, I use action figures when I'm writing comic books or when yeah. I'm writing screens, scripts where there's a fight scene and I need to know where everyone is in space. I have those all the time. They actually do serve a purpose for, for the creative part of it. Yeah, I know a lot of comic book artists that use them, too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't even think about that, using them for writing. That's interesting. Well, if you're running a scene, you know, even if it's not a fight scene, if it's four people having dinner to figure out how it works and the spatial relations and stuff. Cause, because if you if you don't pay attention to that stuff, it can really throw off your, your reader or your audience member. You know, it's like when Kubrick has people cross, cross the line, like in a Full Metal Jacket. It's unnerving and it makes people uneasy if you don't know where that stuff is. And it's ridiculous. And I'm in my forties and I'm like, Batman's here and Spider-Man's here. And this Ziggy plush is here. And it's just, <clears throat> especially when, you know, when writing a comic book, you, you, you try to choreograph the fight scenes. You know, I've been fortunate enough to work with lots of great artists where I don't have to do that a lot now. Cause they're the DP to my director, but knowing my biggest problem with a lot of movies and television is you can tell that the director either doesn't know where you are in space or they, they didn't shoot it correctly. I mean, you look at, the difference between the Wachowskis and Chris Nolan and Chris Nolan's movies might be more highfalutin, but his fight scenes make no sense. You watch Jupiter ascending and say what you will about the goofiness of that movie. But when they're flying through Chicago on those jet boots being chased, you know exactly where you are in space and you know the stakes of it. When everything is just cross cut and it's all close ups and you don't know where you are, there's no value. You know, you have to establish the space. And I think that's important. You don't even have to show the space, but, but viewers and readers know when you're faking. If, a confident storyteller they will trust. A not-so-confident storyteller, they want everything spelled out. It, it, it's it's counterintuitive, but I just like to be able to – and on both sides of it, as a creator and as a fan, I like to know where I am. Yeah. Now, you're writing Supergirl right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have any Supergirl stuff around the apartment? I have a crypto uh, pop because he's an awesome dog and a good boy. Um, I do not yet because the costume she's wearing now has not been made into a toy, and she's had a bunch of different costumes over the years. So, um, But, yeah, yeah, I like, you know, it's been a blast to write her. She's been super fun, no pun intended. I'm assuming you've had toys made based on characters that you've written or created. Uh, yeah, there was um, – I created a character called Manhunter for DC uh, in 2004, um, and there was a hero clicks made of her and oh. a trading card when versus cards were a thing. No that action a, figure though, mm, Manhunter. Mm. That's bizarre. That's, Not yet. Well, mm. Is that a cool thing though when you see the hero clicks based of your thing or do you kind of just like, all right. No, it's it fine. Awesome. It's cool. I mean, I don't – I don't still don't understand what hero clicks are. They look like pogs and miniatures had a baby. Um, it's great. It's great. I mean, you know, and it's fun seeing my, some of my friends have things that have, you know, become, you know, Brian Bendis is one of my dearest friends and Miles Morales being a movie and Jessica Jones being winning a Peabody award. It's like when we were writing comics back in Cleveland and he had a, you know, we're eating ramen noodles in his studio apartment, who would have thought? So there's some, there's something cool about that. I'm not being falsely blase, but when there's an action figure or like a hot toy, then I'll then I'll figure out that that's like that's like getting an Oscar nomination. <laughs> if they make a hot toy out of one of your better, things, you can't yeah. pose an Oscar. Do you have hot toys? Oh yes, yes. What do you have? The Joker. I've got um, two Jack Nicholsons and three Heath Ledgers and one Jared Leto. Oh yeah, is that also how you rank Leto them? As well. What is that how you would rank them then, Heath Nicholson? Um, I actually don't mind the Jared Leto interpretation. I know it's easy to bag on it. I think I would love to see the footage that – I would like to see David Ayer's Suicide Squad movie, um, not the one that was released. Because I, I, the one that was released was fine. I mean I thought – the way I described that Suicide Squad movie is it's a it's a banana split that has melted. It's still – it's gooey and it's a mess and it's sticky and your stomach hurts after you eat it. But while you're eating it, it's fine. That was I liked all the characters in that mm. movie. I liked Deadshot, the Joker, mm. and Harley Quinn. They just stitched it together in a – 
kind of what a generic yeah. almost way. It's but, not like a walking simulator in a video game. We're just going to go to the glowing light and fight. The Joker as a meth addict, I think, is a great interpretation. And yeah. him having a grill because Batman's knocked his teeth out makes sense. The only thing in that movie that I loathe is the font the damage. for damaged because the font looks like yearbook font or scrapbooking font. But I would, I would go see Jared Leto play the Joker again. I thought he was insane and it was the first time the joker was ever portrayed as caring about someone else i believe he loved harley it was very sid and nancy and usually the joker is sort of an asexual sort of evil force of nature and i thought oh that's actually a really interesting interpretation it's uh it's great to see all those different hot toys jokers next to each other too (sighs) Like, even though the Jared Leto may not be your favorite, like, there's four of those Jared Leto ones. I was going to say, though, the Jared Leto, like him or dislike him, he's very toyable. Oh, because he's got those big eyes. Yeah. I mean, he's great. They're great action figures. He's all marked up. Like, he looks cool. I also, I don't, the only thing I don't care for, like you said, is the damage on the forehead, (laughs) but everything else, I'm like, there's not really a bad way to design that guy. So, yeah, eventually I'll get the other Jared Leto ones. And I will get um, – I, I still need to get the Johnny Depp Sweeney Todd one because that one's super cool. And that's like my favorite musical of all time. I was watching the uh, footage of Joaquin Phoenix running around as the Joker for the next Joker film and thinking, oh, I'll buy Hot Toys of that. I, that's oh, another no. one. He looks so cool. I'm so disinterested in that movie. But every time I see that man, my roommate's background at work right now is just him smoking that cigarette with the cigarette up and the shoes in the background. Yeah, I don't have any interest in the movie. No. But I'll buy that hot toy. But that's what that's what's so unique about the Batman mythos. It can be reinterpreted. There's no other superhero character in pop culture that can be transposed into different eras and make it work. It's it's I don't know how it happened. No one that could never have been planned. But it's really, really fascinating. I was so disappointed that Hot Toys ended up not making that Cesar Romero Joker. It looked gorgeous. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm still waiting for the Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito Batman Returns hot toys. I know. That I license know. they they're able to do them. They've made some other big figures and stuff, but I want I want a Michelle I want a Catwoman hot toy Michelle Pfeiffer and I want a Selena Kyle nerdy secretary hot toy. Oh, oh yeah. That's the all big I glasses want. and her carrying the books and stuff with yeah. the with the the uh, the taser. The, the hot toy <laughs> of Catwoman and, and Penguin from that movie are it may be my most wanted toys. Yeah. Like, it, it's really... More than the Scrooge McDuck? <sighs> well, the Scrooge McDuck, I believe, has been produced and is somewhere. Uh, but they, they didn't okay. make... Okay, that's uh, fair. NECA, Unreleased toy. Yeah. Okay. Um, NECA has made one-fourth scale, and I think another scale as well, of both of them. Oh, yeah, the NECA, the NECA one of the of Michelle Pfeiffer, the Catwoman, is great. Yeah, they're gorgeous. But it's 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 neither fish nor fowl. It feels like an action figure and a statue, and it doesn't really work for me on either level as yeah. one of those. Um, you know, and, and this might be controversial, but Batman Returns is the best Batman movie. Uh, it is to me. If you, could put, if you could put Heath Ledger's Joker in there, it's great. Go back and watch that movie. It has aged beautifully. The original's great and groundbreaking, but the original's sort of like watching paint dry. It's long and dull. Um, but And it's great that Tim, Tim Burton got Warner Brothers to give him $160 million to make a fetish film. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite movies. And it, Donald Trump is the – the penguin is the president now, <laughs> but without the nice wardrobe. Oh, man, a Max Shrek hot toy would be awesome as well with, like, real hair. Oh, yeah, with the eyebrows. Yeah. Man, like a full-size uh, 
duck vehicle for the penguin. Oh, that would be so oh great. Oh, my God. I'd spend $800 on that. Oh, I, I want, <laughs> if they do a Michelle Pfeiffer one, I want a diorama with the hell here. Absolutely. She, yes. Her standing there in like the window or something, and comes with the different cats and stuff. Yeah, no, it, I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know if Man. it's tie, if it ties up, but I think because I think Michelle Pfeiffer would be cool with it. It's more money oh, in yeah. her pocket, and you know, and I and we're gonna get her as the wasp as a hot toy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't made those. And they teased that they were going to be made years ago. The only thing I can think is, like with Nicholson, because Nicholson got so much money that maybe they don't feel that there'd be enough sales to justify what they would have to pay for likeness rights. Because Pfeiffer and DeVito were huge stars, and after the Nicholson made, like, what, $75 million just off the T-shirts from that movie. Right. So there might be something there. Uh, Yeah, it's been hard for me to pass up buying the NECA Penguin and Catwoman but, but they're just they not don't great. match the Hot Toys ones. Yeah. They're too big. Yeah, they are too big. Yeah. Our uh, our friend Mike Carlson bought both of the <laughs> penguins. The, oh, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't he trying to give one away or sell one or he something? He was trying to decide which one to keep and which one to get rid of, and he just decided keeping both of them. I can't argue with that. I can't either. That's, that's, that's toy logic right there. I tend to buy some things. If I find them cheap, I'll buy doubles, one to open and one. Because now these toy companies are designing the packaging to be part of it. When it was back in the day, you know, old action figures, I'd tear them off, put some super glue behind their knees so they wouldn't fall over and stand them up. And now, like those NECA figures of like Jason Voorhees and Pennywise and uh, Ash, the boxes are art. And I don't want to take them out, so it's like I have to get two of them. It's, ugh, I'm going to die alone. So you've been picking up some of the NECA horror stuff, too? The, the Friday the 13th stuff, yeah. I'm a big – Friday the 13th was the first rated R movie I saw in the theater as a kid. I had to get straight A's from my mom to take me, so I have a deep affection for that franchise. I feel like NECA's making a lot of Friday the 13th. Yeah, one well, for – they've done – That uh, game was huge that came out. They've done part two, part three, part four, part five, and part six. They have not released a Part 7 figure, which I want, because that was the psych that when he fought the Tina the Psychic Girl. And that design was, he was almost looked like the Tar Man from uh, Return of the Living Dead. It was a really great monster design. Um, yeah, I love those movies. I lo- those movies are so much fun, especially the first two. They, you watch those movies and you smell urine and mildew, just like at real summer camp. <laughs> what else are you collecting these days? Um, I still collect Joker stuff. I guess I have some weird and repressed clown fetish or something. But, uh, yeah, the joke – I used to have – you used to see seen my place before. I used to have everything, and then I realized, one, I can't afford all this stuff, and two, the dust situation in Los Angeles is disgusting. It's, you know, you don't. Dust is a regular topic of the podcast. You don't dust for a week and it looks like you're in Miss Havisham's house from Great Expectations. It's crazy. Especially if you have a pet. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. my dog sheds like crazy, yeah. and it's just all over the figures. Yeah, and the, the, the dust here in L.A., because the pollution is so bad, is oily. Ugh. So, you you know, you touch it, and you're like, you just feel gross. So, yeah, keeping I stuff remember, to a minimum. I, the last time I was at your place, you had, like, a bunch of Batman black and white statues. Mm-hmm. And you all had went Justice on eBay. League. Gotten rid of all that stuff. Really? Yep. Even the Justice League Mattel stuff. No, I have I kept the Justice League Unlimited, the, the Bruce Tim, Paul gotcha. Dini stuff. Those are in... Uh, those I have because there's only one I'm missing. I'm missing a figure that was released in Europe called Volcana, and she sells for like seventy five dollars. And it's like, mm, no. But you have everyone else from that Justice League Unlimited mm-hmm. line besides yeah. Volcana. All the different variations of Batman and Darkseid and Superman and yeah. And why did you start picking up that line? Because it was so weird. There was an Obsidian figure. There was Starman, the Steve Ditko Starman. There were there were they did the. Um, the Injustice League. I mean, it was just crazy seeing those figures. And, you know, I'm older than both you guys, but you kind of remember the toys when we were little, 
were sticks and rocks, basically. Yeah. You know, so to have this stuff all there, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of not mentally thirteen with modern toys. I'm like, okay, some of these are cool, but if I ever want to get laid, I got to get rid of some of the stuff. So. You know. So when was the moment that you decided I'm getting rid of all this stuff? I'm getting rid of the statues and Um well part of it was like, you know, that when when the the economy crashed in two thousand twelve, you know, being an being an artist is feast or famine. There are some oh, years yes. where you can make mid six figures and there are some years where you can make the mid five figures. Uh, but uh yeah, I got rid of a lot of stuff because of space. You know, and and just became like you know, if I died in my apartment, they would. It would be a good thing I didn't have a basement because they would think I lured children in there because it looked like <laughs> those toys everywhere. And I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And you know, some of those, some things you find out when you have a rare toy that it's worth some money. You're like, would I rather have two hundred dollars or this toy in a box that's not open? Two hundred dollars. That's that's health insurance or that's groceries or that's a plane ticket so yeah and yeah. while while you had all these toys in the apartment you also had a roommate which i always, oh, yeah. always found interesting because yeah. i feel like i couldn't do that like i couldn't fill up when i had roommates i couldn't well my roommate's also a nerd so he's got all his crap in his room so he likes so, yeah. it as well yeah. well roommate aesthetics are hard to hit too because even when they're the aesthetics match i've had roommates who are nerdy and into stuff but one day you come home and they're like i bought three life-size stormtroopers today and you're like well that's a bit much we don't need to have them sitting on the couch when we have guests over and and the like yeah it's, it's not that i don't have stuff it's not that i don't like stuff it's just i've limited what i like and st- the only things that i keep that i might never get to are books because you should always have more books than you'll be able to read in your lifetime in your house. To paraphrase John Waters, if someone picks you up and takes you back to their apartment and they don't have any books, don't fuck them. I was just thinking about that quote this morning. Yeah. So that I'll always have more books than I'll ever be able to read. It's why I hope I get a robot body someday because then I'll just – So what's boom. the book to toy ratio? If toys don't get you laid and books do, oh, what do you please, need? Like a two-to-one no. book, a four-to-one book? You're, talking, you're barking up the wrong, <laughs> wrong tree there. <laughs> or is it just null and void? Yeah. Yeah, it's that's that's not that's not applicable. <laughs> have you have you ever? Well, brought, he had thirteen toys, but he had forty five books. That's have you a ever small brought handy. like a guy back to the apartment? They've seen the toy collection and been like, "Oh, it is double on now." Oh, you mean it turned them on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think I'd want to sleep with someone that got really turned on by the toys. I mean, it's a fine line and a little bit hypocritical. But if someone came in and said, I have this exact one, but I have the gold version and it's in a box and it's unsealed. I think that's like birth control. Well, I don't need birth control because I'm gay. No, but I, I mean, that's like that's like the reverse of that thing that came out of the meteor when the, in Return of the Jedi. I'm, I'm right back in with you. There's there's levels to this shit, yeah, man. There's I'm nerdy, nuance, but if there's you're nuances. 1,400 levels higher than me. Like, yeah, I don't want a girl coming back and – or it's like the other thing happens where you're like, this is really going to happen. And then they get so distracted by the toys and you're like, well, now they're just here to, I don't know, yeah. jerk off to my collection and they're going to go home. That I don't want to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Justin, you look like you would be super into it if somebody came over. I'm just pondering what that would be like. And now – and I'm also thinking of you jerking off to your collection. Ugh. So it sounds like even though you got rid of a lot of your toys, you're still buying toys. Oh, absolutely. I've just had to limit myself because it became a thing where it was just ridiculous. Now I said, you know, it's all, I always say like, you know, the, one of the things, metaphors I use, when you take a, if you take a kid into a candy store and tell them they can have whatever they want, they shut down because there's too much. But if you take a kid into a candy store and say, you can have anything you want from the lollipop aisle, okay, I get that. So I've told myself I can only get Pennywise and I can only get Joker. 
All so, right. and then, you know, we'll so see. So, are you happens. more concerned that somebody's going to come in and think you have a clown fetish and then not? No, because they'll leave. Okay. No one will ever rob my apartment now because they'll turn on the lights and it'll be like that scene in it when he saw all the clowns. They'll be like, oh shit, I got to get out of here. That's true. That's a very solid defense. That's, that's cheaper than paying some security company or some alarm system. I've got creepy clowns all over the place. Not because of the creepy clowns, because they know how much you paid for all those creepy clowns. I've, I've, I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good. The only things that are really oh, brand, we know bank how much busters, the hot toys. The hot toys, yeah, the hot toys. It's a payment plan. Oh, but there were at Comic-Con, there were these two it things that I would that I'll never be able to buy. Even if I could afford them and not feel guilty, it's just too much money. There is a it's a Pennywise standing on a curb and it's about I think it might be a quarter size. And you look at the base and the base is a, into the sewer and there's a little Georgie in there and, and the, the logo is projected on a light on the ground. Oh that's and awesome. It is amazing. And then there is a full size bust of Pennywise that looks unnervingly real. But the bust is thirty five hundred, and the other one's twenty five hundred, and I'm like, that's combined almost. Like a, that's a good down payment on a car. <laughs> that's yeah, health insurance that's, for a year. Yeah. You know, if anybody wants to send me them, you know, as I'm an influencer these days, oh, yeah, <laughs> I will gladly take them uh, and and promote them. But yeah, the the the, the amount of quality and the, the detail in these things is getting insane. Yeah, I I love the hot toys so much, and I think. You're our first guest we've had on that also buys them because usually when I mention them, uh, people act like I'm some sort of highfalutin. Uh, <laughs> they really are. <laughs> like the I'm a of Kardashian. A great yes. but, yeah, but those, are, but the people that say that are ones that have bought 13 different Star Wars figures, right. and those 13 different Star Wars figures cost less than one, or cost more than one hot toy, right? And the hot toy, the hot toys are just so. Beautiful. I if did they ever do a full size DeLorean for the Back to the Future oh, yeah. ones? Is it the I? Oh, that's I can't even go down that yeah, road. They, they are did. perfect. Yeah, I I did not buy the DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't regret it because I know one day I'm going to buy it. Yeah, it's that's that. You have to have a place have to display it. If you can't display it, that's a lot of money to be tied up in a box. And that's been my problem with Hot Toys. Is I'm like, I don't, there's nowhere in this apartment where I can put it yet. Then the eighty nine. Oh, right Batman there. Field. Put a bookshelf right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, well, some lights. Bookshelf lights, a toy. All right, yeah. fair enough. Uh, you're you're a Back to the Future fan as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future, is as perfect as a film gets. Did you get the Hot Toys, Marty? No, uh, uh-uh, no, because I try. Like I said, I'm trying to limit it because if I open, if there's a third franchise, then there'll be a fourth and a fifth, and I'll be back to where I am. So I'm, I'm, I, and I also watch Hoarders whenever I can. And every time I watch an episode of Hoarders, a box of stuff leaves my house. I got the Marty. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I I want it. I want the Marty. I want the Marty. I want the dog. Hot toy, Justin, or am I wrong? Because I remember coming over to your apartment and you were like, Blake, I did something bad. And then yeah. like you were gonna show me a dead body. You pulled out this Marty McFly toy. You were like, I'm buying tell, hot toys now. <laughs> you can't tell anyone about this. And I was like, who am I calling? I have a new Hell, problem. The turn of nerds. Yeah. My wife at the time I thought maybe I like, never talked about And what turned out to be a better investment? <laughs> I can, yeah. I can say that. I can say that. Like, just Justin, a joke. I can't cross you. Who else will get me unpaid work in the entertainment industry? <laughs> yeah, I knew once I bought that first hot toy, I was fucked. Oh, it's shooting up the first time. 
You're definitely chasing the dragon with hot toys. I think that's the other reason I've held off, because I've seen my friend who works at Disneyland was like, I'm never going to buy one. And one day he came over and he's like, I bought a Spider-Man. You can move their eyes. And the it's next crazy. time I went to his house, he had 14 of them. And I have ones now that I've never even opened. Like, I haven't gotten it. around to opening. You know how they have? They talk about they have um, uh, like this, the, the Blu-rays that you show people that make them convert to Blu-ray and like mm-hmm. 4K and stuff. The hot toy that I think to this day is still the one that makes people go, oh, I get it. I show them the Jack Nicholson Joker and the, the full Joker outfit, and it looks better than the movie. It looks like they shrunk Jack yeah, Nicholson and put him in. He's got pores. The makeup is better. I mean, it's insane. It, I'm still not convinced it might not be like the weird Zuni fetish doll, and they shrunk Jack Nicholson and put him in a box in my house, because I haven't seen him in the movie in a couple of years. That's true. He's been missing. I got really lucky with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to find a guy who was desperate for money. Mm-hmm. And he was selling the Always Nicholson. the best time to buy toys. <laughs> yep. I can go 50. <laughs> he was selling the Nicholson uh, and the Keaton Batman mm-hmm. together as a set for, I think I got it for like 450 bucks. That's not bad. Because he just needed to get rid of it. I think the Keaton Batman one is the one that's harder to find. Yeah. Yeah, the original one. Because yeah. they, they made a Keaton Batman for Batman Returns. Yeah. Even though no Penguin and Catwoman. <sighs> Ridiculous. Sons of bitches. And I want a nurse Joker from Dark Knight hot toy. How have they not made? I was going to say, why does that exist? This might be urban legend. I don't know where I heard this, but that Nolan doesn't want to do it for some reason. Like Mm. there was something about Heath or something. Hmm. But that sounds like some internet meme that just became fact retroactively. But a nurse Joker would be awesome. It uh, it's gotten to the point where I'm hoping certain movies get made just so I can get hot toys. Oh yeah, <laughs> figures. It's, like what? Uh, What's a top hot toy from a movie that is undeveloped from an IP that does not have? I'll tell you this right now: when Denis Villeneuve's Dune series comes out, I want a Timothy Chalamet, Paul Atreides, and I want a Rebecca Ferguson, Lady Jessica, and I want a Donald Trump, Baron Harkonnen. I'm assuming that's what he's going to be doing after we're done. Um, I th- that Dune is the only real science fiction franchise that I totally nerd out at because I don't think I, I get a little bored with like Star Trek and Star Wars just because of all the tech and all the gibbity gobbledygook. Dune is basically. A war movie, and yep. and and I love both the versions. I love the 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 uh, David Lynch one that's wacky and weird. When I saw that in the theater, they handed you a glossary. Not a good sign for a movie. Um, and the uh, sci the Sci Fi Channel one was mm-hmm. great. If you could brundle fly those together, so and Timothy Chalamet is going to be is probably the best. Nah, he's the best actor of his generation. So to see him, to see these, to see ta- really prestigious actors do genre stuff is fascinating to me. Because back in the day, you know, it started with Nicholson. That validated doing these movies, and now these actors fight for these parts. And they're winning Oscars for them. But, you know, back in the day, comic books were... I would sooner have been out as a gay kid in high school than out as a comic book reader. What uh, what figures did you play with when you were a kid? Well, we had the, the Mego dolls. You know, those were great because those were sort of the... the pre- those had obscure ones, too, like a Green Goblin and a Falcon. It wasn't... It wasn't like it is today, you know, where my mom knows who Groot is. Back then, it was yeah. When you then, found a superhero Goblin thing, and were both very obscure. yeah, you grabbed onto it if you could find it. Um, I did a lot of playing outside where we would just pretend, like we would build forts and be and not, you know, <coughs> excuse me, not use dolls to be Superman or Spider Man or Luke Skywalker, but we would be them, you know, and beat each other up with sticks and mud balls and berries and all that stuff. But we did a lot of that mostly because there weren't the toys. I'm actually glad there weren't the sort of detailed toys because, like I said, it kind of 
takes away from the fun of it and the imagination part of it. It becomes very passive when you have everything produced in front of you. Yeah, when I was a kid, I I was a, I'm a little bit younger, so I didn't really have Migos around, mm-hmm. but they were like around. Like I mm-hmm. remember. Uh, I was a big fan of the, the Marvel Secret Wars line mm-hmm. from Mattel, mm-hmm. and it didn't have a Hulk in it. So my grandparents bought me a Hulk Mego yeah. uh, from like a Salvation Army or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because eBay wasn't around back then. Uh, yeah. Um, eBay was garage sales on the weekend with your parents. Right. Garage sales. I didn't were even the know best. Hulk That's the thing. I miss garage the sales quest so much. Of, that's what eBay has ruined, and Amazon has ruined the quest. Yeah. You know, there was nothing like when I was in high school going to a used record store, look it up if you don't know what a record is, um, and finding a band. And you're like, oh, I'll buy this album. And it's great. And you're like, oh, they have 12 more albums. I can buy one a week. Or like going to a comic book store because there weren't any and finding an old book or a used bookstore or a garage sale. The quest was 90% of the fun. Yeah. I I wonder often if taking the quest away is going to stop a generation of kids. Well, I think it will change stuff. a generation because I think the one thing you lose without like one of my favorite things in the summer was going to garage sales with my mom and it became like a bonding thing for us. We would go and you know she wasn't like a nerdy person or a collector but she would look at the stuff she liked and then I would find weird 10 vehicles. I found mm-hmm. a 10 Cloud City car once at one and we had to drive and get money and come back and we came back and it was gone which sucked. But there, the, you don't have that bond anymore. Like going out and playing in the woods with your friends and building forts and doing all these kind of roughhouse things. Now collecting and toys is such an isolated hobby because I can go on Amazon, hit two buttons, I put it on my shelf, and I'm done. And there's stuff that I that I would have bought if I found it at a thrift store 10, 20 years ago. But now, like there was um, when I was a kid, there was this plastic bath toy. It was Snoopy and Woodstock in a bathtub, and it had the shower in it and you filled it up with bubbles and you blew through the, the shower and spun it and bubbles came out of the tub and it was so awesome when I was a kid and I'm like oh I wonder if that's on eBay and there were 400 of them listed I'm like oh I'm not going to buy one because it's always going to be here Patton Oswalt did a whole thing about that that when everything is available at any moment none of it really has any value and there will always be Star Wars now and there will always be Transformers so why buy any of this stuff Yeah, because it will always exist I remember walking out of the theater after Jedi or the drive-in after mm-hmm. a Jedi and thinking, well, there'll never be another Star Wars movie and holding on to those toys because that's what I had well, of this franchise that yeah. I loved. That was even when the prequels came out, which people don't like and they're not very good and I don't care for them either. But when I, I have heavy nostalgia for episode one. I love at least the experience of all three of them. Like I remember getting called out of school in fourth or fifth grade to see episode one with my mom. I remember ditching a baseball game with my uncle to see episode two. We lost. We didn't. Wait, you were in fourth grade when Attack of the Clones came out? No, I was in fourth grade when The Phantom Menace came out. Yeah, right? Uh, I'm done. 29 (laughs) years old. I have t-shirts older than you that I still wear. Probably. This is an ongoing theme of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, no, as long as I don't spontaneously age a decade, Justin, it will consistently be that I'm younger than you are. (laughs) <laughs> but um, yeah. in episode three, to your point, we thought when I was in high school, that was it. And we got so excited and we went and we ditched and we biked over and we got our tickets and went to the midnight opening. And it didn't matter how bad it was at the time because we were like, we're here and now it's gone forever. And I now had- with The Last Jedi, which I liked, but people don't comes and goes when people whine about it i'm like shut up you're gonna get eight more i had a different excitement going into episode three and that was let's get this over with 
Like I was just excited for Star Wars to be done. Well, uh, and yeah, now that'll it will never, never come. Be done. Uh, nothing will ever be done. I'm so glad I don't have any nostalgia for Star Wars at all. So how my nostalgia how is gone because it's present. How did that happen? Um, I just I don't have anything against it. Um, I you know I, I I still really love Empire Strikes Back. I think that's like the, up there with Godfather Two as part and Aliens as sequels that are great and also stand on their own and are fully satisfying. But I think it was a matter for me a lot of toxic fandom. The fans of that franchise are the, the, one, the most vocal ones are the worst people on the planet. And that, to me, has made me recoil from it. And I didn't see any of the, the prequels in the theater. I said, no, I saw the third one in the theater. But I haven't seen – that was the first Star Wars movie I saw since Return of the Jedi. And I haven't seen any of the other ones. I'm just not interested. Did you I see think- the first movie in theaters? Star Wars, the Star Wars yeah, the Part Four. Star Wars, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was seven years old. I remember waiting in line for it for like two hours to go see it. I saw, the, I saw them, I saw the orig- that original trilogy multiple times as a kid, and loved just, them as a kid. Just I just sort of, I just sort of outgrew it, and then you grew up, you know. No, I, no, no, because there are there are geeky things that I adore. You know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, we sl- definitely I'm, haven't grown up. I'm not slamming Star Wars fans. It's just one of those things where it's like it's like avocados. They're not for me, but I'm glad other people enjoy them. I know a lot of 40-something nerds, and I feel like they all still adore it. Like, and look, I, I, I still like it, but it used to be my life used to revolve around it, and it doesn't any longer. Um, and now I love those original three movies for different reasons mm-hmm. that I loved them before. I love them as kind of like B movie matinee movies now. Oh yeah. Um, so well, they're silly. I love yeah, Star Wars is my favorite franchise in the world, but you can't look me in the eye and be like, "A New Hope is very serious." There's a fake werewolf oh, man, Valentina, like, and George Lucas borrowed from a lot of sources. And the older I got, and seeing that, days. oh, oh, this is Kurosawa. Oh, this is Jack Kirby's The New Gods. Oh, this is that. And there's an art to it. That's not an insult because. Every story, that's why things should go to the public domain. It's a shared zeitgeist. But knowing these things and seeing where he was influenced by them makes me want to go research those. And then I'll go watch The Seven Samurai or Akiru or read Jack Kirby. You know? And old comics. was like Star Wars was, as I think a lot of people my age, was the entrance to pop culture. And it was kind of like, what is this? And I remember my dad being like, well... Here's a bunch of stuff that influenced it. And here's yeah. a bunch of comics that you would like. Or My mom loved Halloween, and they showed it to me when I was way too young. I mm-hmm. think I was like five, and my dad literally thought it would be funny if I rented it. And after did, you, that, did you stand over their bed with a knife one night? <laughs> no, I should have. <laughs> really, in retrospect, <laughs> that would have been a good one. Yeah, uh, but then after that, it was Twilight Zone. It was the monsters. It was they just this flood of stuff. I think that's the thing that I did you, that you just made me realize is it seems now that we have a generation of fans and and young people who stop it when they discovered it. They're not interested in how that came about or what that is influenced by. You know, I was I do lots of internet movie type stuff, and when they, we talk about, when I reference a movie, they're like, oh, no one's going to know what that movie is. I'm like, well, you should. We don't have that sort of need to know that stuff. And it just bums me out because, you know, saying that Star Wars was influenced by Kurosawa and Jack Kirby isn't damning it and saying it's not valuable, but you should want to go see, oh, if this influenced the thing I love, what influenced that? You know, there's something interesting there. Oh, and Star Wars toys. 
when we were kids, the Luke with the arm that was straight and the little plastic. The lightsaber that came out of his like hand, like the vinyl jacket. Claw. And then they did a, they they evolved a cloth for the Yoda one. He actually had a <laughs> yes. cloth jacket. He deserved a little better. Yeah. It was a big yeah. deal. Well, he was a smart man, that Yoda. Did you have any Star Wars toys? Oh yeah, absolutely. I had the Death Star and all those toys. So yeah. then, did you drop off? You mentioned the fandom as a part of it, but did you like? Were you excited for episode one and then didn't like that? No, was like, oh, I, I, was, I was ambivalent towards it. I, yeah. was, I was just like, oh, that, wow, that'll probably make it's a lot of here. money and I'll yeah. probably see it. And then I saw it was a little kid lead. And even when I was a little kid, I hated little kid leads. I hated Cousin Oliver and the Brady Bunch. I hated, you know, there's, there's a little kid in the musical Les Miserables, Gavroche, who but gets you're killed. But you're such a fan of it. Something. Kids are terrible. They're but, younger than the kids, but, but But it is about kids and growing up. When there's a wacky kid sidekick to make kids happy, that's, even, even when I was six, I'm like, oh, you're pandering to me. So, Blake, I would assume you know this by now. Uh, Mark and I do a comedy show every month. I am aware. At the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles called the Tournament of Nerds. We've been doing it for over 10 years. Yes, yes, yes. We've done enough of them that if it was an actual taped television show, we'd be syndicated in royalties. Do you want to know how old I was when you guys started then? No! (laughs) (laughs) That's what I bring to the table. (laughs) Not in the slightest. Uh... I bring it up because coming up on Saturday the 15th, if you're in L.A., we're doing our special holiday show. And what we do every year at the holiday show is you do a toy drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell people about that? Yeah, if uh, you come to see the show and you bring an unwrapped new toy, uh, I will give you a signed comic book by me of some interest or limited value. Uh, and this will be the 11th one, I guess, right? Yeah, and we've given over a thousand toys. I, th- I think we passed a thousand last year. Man. So we give the toys to the Children's Hospital of L.A., which is one of the best children's hospitals in the country. They don't turn anybody away on, based on what you can afford to pay. Um, they just a friend of mine's daughter was just being treated there. She unfortunately passed, but it, they were they're they're a really great great organization. And kids shouldn't be toyless on Christmas. So. Yeah. It's always great seeing you leave there with boxes and boxes of toys. Oh, yeah, like three giant industrial garbage bags full of toys. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. And, and you know, be, being nice makes you feel good. So it's, true. It, it's 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 a cheap good high. It's and, and you know, and there's like I said, at Christmas time being in the hospital sucks if you're an adult. Being a kid sucks in a hospital. If you can if you make a kid smile for 2 minutes on a day, you that's you did a good thing, so. So if you're in the L.A. area, December 15th, it's 5 bucks. Bring a new unwrapped toy. And if you're not in the L.A. area, look up your local children's hospital and see what donations they take. You know, book, books you and, to- and unwrapped toys, you can't go wrong. Uh, what else you got coming up? Uh, like I said, Supergirl is monthly. Uh, we're going to be dovetailing into a crossover with Superman that Brian Bendis writes, my buddy that we worked together on Torso 20 years ago. Uh, I've got another project at DC that I've wanted to do for decades that has not been announced yet. We're going to get a little further along before we announce that. Uh, oh, you know, I, yeah, I know all about yeah, it. You know all about it. It is awesome. Um, and, some, you know, some TV and movie stuff. You know, it's, you know how it is. You're spinning the plates and hoping one doesn't shatter and kill you. Oh, I uh, before we go... I did I, I I think I saw you and Taryn oh, yes. at some sort of fancy gala the other day. Yeah, um the Love is Love book, uh the second year of it with the money that we raised from it uh was going to the Trevor Project, which is a awesome it's twenty years now, an LGBT suicide hotline for young people. 
and they do. Oh well, they do great, great, great work. So this year, I decided to give the money to them, and we ended up giving them fifty-two thousand dollars. So we got to go to the gala, and it was hilarious because we got this nice table and everything. And I, um, I asked Taryn and his wife Kobe Smolders to come because Taryn was one of the contributors to the book, and to sort of, you know, I said, I said we want to tart up the table so we can get some press and by having stars. So we're walking the orange carpet. Uh, me and Taryn and Kobe and this, these photographers are like, just Kobe, just Kobe, just Kobe. And she's like, nope, it's all three of us. And when we were getting our pictures taken, I'm like, I can't wait to see on Getty Images tomorrow, Taryn Killam, Kobe Smulders, and friend, even better, Taryn Killam, Kobe Smulders, and guest made my life. <laughs> well, that has been our guest this week, Mark Andreco. Huh? How about that segment? Full circle. So that's our show, guys. Mark did a great job. You just listened to him do a great job, and so did we, I think. So, of course, that means you should give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, we're also on Twitter at How Do You Figure PC. We're on Instagram at How Do You Figure Podcast. And we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash groups slash How Do You Figure. And if you want more of that, you can email us at How Do You Figure Podcast at gmail.com. Now, that's How Do You Figure, Y-A. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, at, at Mark Andreco on Twitter and on Facebook. And if you're not political or you voted Republican, you don't want to follow me. <laughs>